For too long, healing has been seen as a scary and even negative experience, but I believe that healing should be an exciting and empowering one. I'm your host, Kristen Vandenhubel, and in this podcast, you will learn all about making the connection between your physical and mental health from my experience as a student of naturopathic medicine, as well as from guests with experience in all areas of healing. Join me for another authentic conversation and be ready to get real with your health. Welcome. Welcome back to another episode of the Healing With It podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten, and today's episode is going to be focused on the MPLEX-2 examination. If you don't know what this examination is, I will be describing it throughout, but this episode will be primarily most helpful for those who are either considering going to naturopathic medical school, are curious about what type of examinations and licensing exams naturopathic doctors have to take in order to become licensed professionals, or if you are currently in the program and you want to know more about these exams, before you decide what licensing exams you want to write or if this is the right exam for you. But before we get into this episode, you know we've got to do the mindful moment of the week. And so this week's mindful moment is really surrounding getting myself to be more productive in the sense of doing things that I have wanted to do creatively and also things that I I need to do in order to actually achieve my long-term goals. These are things I've been putting off for quite a few weeks with kind of being out of the routine after writing a bunch of licensing exams this summer. For those who don't know, I wrote MPLEX and KONO, so North American board exams as well as the Ontario specific board exams, and that really took a toll on me and I found that it was really difficult for me to kind of get back into the groove of things. I feel like I still am burnt out, but I've definitely given myself more time to at least feel a little bit more well-rested and to kind of support my adrenals a bit more in this time off. And I've really been doing my best to honor that while also honoring that I need to do certain things or recognizing when I have maybe been too stagnant and need to add a little bit more to my routine. And so I'm really proud of myself for being mindful of that. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I am really excited to talk about this topic with you guys because I know how helpful it is to get more insight on these examinations. Of course, I will not be giving any specific questions that I wrote on the exam, but I will be talking about the general layout of the exam, what exactly the exam is, and if you should write it or not, and how I kind of came to that decision as well. So let's just start with why I decided to write the MPLEX examinations. So if you haven't listened to my MPLEX 1 episode, I would recommend that you go back and listen to that first to kind of get an idea of what MPLEX 1 looks like because you do have to write that before you write MPLEX 2. I wrote MPLEX 1 twice. The first time I wrote it was after my second year and the second time I wrote it was last February in my fourth year and that's when I passed. And then I just wrote the second MPLEX examination this past August 2023, right after my fourth year of the CCNM naturopathic medical program. And I made the decision to write this exam because I wanted to give myself the most opportunity right out of the program to practice wherever I wanted to practice. I still don't know what my practice is going to fully look like and I am really thankful that I ended up writing this exam because it has allowed me a lot more freedom and has reduced the amount of stress that's come with writing these licensing exams because I was successful with my first attempt writing MPLEX 2 and I'm so grateful for that and was 
honestly super surprised by that pass. It is a tough exam and I don't say that to scare you. I just say that to prepare you because these exams are definitely not easy. They're not intuitive. They unfortunately are not the best way to dictate who would be the best doctors or who would be the best practicing professionals. They are just simply multiple choice questions that give an idea of the information and knowledge that you might know, but these exams have so much information on them. And so I know a lot of people who passed the first time and I know a lot of people who didn't. And so either way, the results do not dictate who you are and how you're going to be as a professional. So just make sure you remember that going into the exam and when it comes to the results, you get to decide who you want to be and how you are as a practicing professional. And that is the best part about this profession. So don't get discouraged by these exams as easy as it can be to be discouraged by them. I just think it's important to know that it is really not about these exams and the marks. They are just a stepping stone and they are a big stepping stone and they can be really scary and intimidating, but they are totally doable. And so yeah, I passed my MPLEX 2 examination. I think that's the first time I've really said it anywhere on my socials or anything, but I am really thankful that I have completed these exams because again, it has given me more opportunity to just get myself out there. I can really practice anywhere except Ontario right now. So the purpose for writing the MPLEX 2 examination is it is the second part and completes your written portions of the MPLEX 2 examinations in general. What MPLEX gives you is basically the ability to apply for a license in a regulated province or state outside of Ontario. And you can find a list of those on NABNA's website or on websites like the American Association of Naturopathic Doctors websites. And you can figure out where is regulated, where you're allowed to practice, where is illegal to practice, where is looking to become a regulated state or province. And so there's a lot of opportunity out there. And MPLEX is going to give you the most of that. If you have decided that you just want to stay in Ontario and you know, you know, for sure that you are not going to be leaving, then absolutely Kono can be just that for you. But just know that most provinces or states do not accept Kono even after a specific amount of years of practicing. There are a few provinces and states which I don't have a direct confirmation, but I believe Alberta and Arizona and Nova Scotia will take your Kono examination over MPLEX. But again, I don't know what that officially looks like because when you write these exams, specifically when you write MPLEX, they are, again, just the next step towards getting your license. They do not automatically give you your license. And so that's important to know that just because you've passed these exams does not mean you are licensed. You have to apply specifically in the province or the state that you would like to practice to get your license. So you need the examination and you need to pass it in order to be able to apply for those licenses, but it does not give you your license just anywhere in North America when you pass them. And that I think is something that's very confusing for people when they first start looking into these exams and trying to figure out if they're for you or not. So things can change over time, but as of right now, I would say if you have the inkling that maybe at some point you would like to practice outside of Ontario, I would just go for these exams. Yes, it's more money out of your pocket. Yes, it's a lot of time and dedication, but at the same time, I think it's really important to recognize what that can give you and doing it while you're still in school and while 
this information is very fresh in your mind because it is very specific information, this is the best time to do it. And you will have more time to study for these exams now than you probably will while you're practicing and kind of moving on with your life. It's not, of course, impossible to do once you start practicing and people have done it and people do it all the time. But I would recommend to just kind of go for it now. Honestly, like this is probably your best opportunity and you're going to be really thankful when you do this for yourself. So that is personally why I chose to write it. And once you apply, so you can apply wherever that is regulated and certain states and provinces have specific requirements of what you need through the MPLEX examinations in order to practice. So everywhere outside of Ontario that's regulated requires you to write part one and part two of the MPLEX examination. Also, in addition to be eligible for licensure in some jurisdictions, you may be required to also pass the part two elective examinations, which include acupuncture, pharmacology, And this is the elective pharmacology, which is different than the pharmacology that is also a part of the core clinical science examination, which is NPLEX part two. So totally separate. You still have to do pharmacology in NPLEX part two. Then there's also the minor surgery elective and the parainternal medicine elective. And so this is all based on state and provincial requirements. And these can change over time. So some states may require on top of MPLEX part one and two that you have to take acupuncture and the minor surgeries. So a state like Arizona requires that. Or maybe California requires that you just do MPLEX part one and MPLEX two. But then there's also states and provinces that only require you to take these electives if you plan on practicing that specific modality in your practice. So for instance, Alberta requires the acupuncture and the minor surgeries examinations only if you plan on doing acupuncture and minor surgeries. Or if you just wanted to do, say, acupuncture, you could just write the acupuncture and you could avoid taking the minor surgeries examination. Or you could just not do any. And then you just don't practice those while you're in practice. But then BC requires you to take both part one, two, and the minor surgeries. And you have to take that in order to practice in BC. Manitoba is just acupuncture. That is an elective. And you don't have to take it if you don't want to practice that. So it's all very dependent, as you can see, on where you are practicing, which this is where it just gets so confusing. And so I wanted to clear that up for you guys. Hopefully that was said in the most understandable way as possible, because I know this was all very confusing for me. What I'm going to do is I am going to link down below the state and provincial requirements for all of these exams and electives for you. Um, I did not write any of the electives as of right now. I do plan on writing them in either this next sitting or in the August 2024 sitting. And the reason I didn't is just because I was writing so many examinations this past year. I just did not have the mental capacity to add on more, but I am planning on probably doing the acupuncture and the minor surgeries. Um, From what I've heard, they are not too, too difficult. I just think that if you are planning on writing Kono and MPLEX at the same time, it might just be a bit much. But if you're just writing MPLEX, I do think it is doable. Again, just depending on where you want to practice. For me, I just figured, you know, at least I get the big exam out of the way because MPLEX 2 is a very long, grueling examination. And so I just, I'm so happy I got that out of the way. And then these other elective examinations are done in smaller portions and are a lot easier to do than a whole clinical science exam. 
But everyone is so individual. And if you feel like this just does not suit you, I mean, everyone has ways that work for them and things that work better or worse for them. So do what works best for you. If you think you can handle it all, absolutely, like no judgment. And if you can't handle doing any of the electives right now, then don't even worry about it. There is so much time to write them. I just think for me, since I have access to Toronto pretty easily where the exam would be administered for me, I just think it made sense for me to hold off until the next sitting. So now I would like to move on to how the exam day was structured or the exam days, I should say, because it is a three day long examination. So I just wanted to kind of go over what that looked like. So just like MPLEX 1, this examination is done in person. So that is a big downfall because there are only specific testing sites that you have to be at in order to write these exams. And these are usually in the states or provinces where accredited naturopathic medical schools are. So Toronto, BC, Arizona, California, maybe Washington as well, and Seattle, but I'm not entirely sure exactly. You would have to look into those specific testing sites on the NAMNE website. So what exam day look like is it is a three-day in-person exam. Electives are done in the mornings, and I don't know the exact order. This is just super dependent on, I think, maybe the sitting and how they structure it, but every morning of the three-day exam, there is an elective, and then since there's four electives, I think maybe one occurs on the first day when MPLEX-1 is being administered because MPLEX-1 will usually be on the first Tuesday of August or February and MPLEX-2 is going to be the first Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of August or February, depending on the sitting that you do. Again, I don't know the order of the electives, but say day one of MPLEX-2, you would write acupuncture elective and then there's a break and then MPLEX-2 clinical science exam would be administered in the afternoon. And so for us, and I think they usually typically stick to the same schedule, but for us in Ontario, Ontario Eastern Standard Time. It was administered at 1 p.m. and it went from 1 p.m. until I think 4.30. I think it was about a three and a half hour exam, if I'm not wrong. So it was pretty long exam every single day. Every day we had about 130 questions to write, maybe 135. In total, there are 400 questions spread out through the three days. And so it was a pretty even number every day. I think there was five questions less the last day. So The exam structure looks like you getting there, depending, again, if you write the elective. If you write the elective, you're going to go to the location in the morning for about 8 or 9 a.m., and you're going to write that exam, I think, for an hour and a half, two hours. And they're usually about 70 questions. Then you're going to wait until maybe 12.30, and that's when you're going to go and sign in for the 1 p.m. exam. But once you go into the exam room, just remember that you won't be able to leave, so make sure you go to the bathroom beforehand. Make sure you stretch or get everything out of your bag that you might need or eat a snack beforehand because again it is a very long exam and you don't want your blood sugar dropping so I would recommend that you eat like right before the exam because you use a lot of brain power during these exams and I would snack beforehand and I still found that I was very hungry by the end of it and so 10 out of 10 would recommend snacking on something that's going to support your blood sugar before the exam because you will be hit with that low blood sugar middle to end of the exam and and gets really hard to push yourself 
Now, 130 questions maybe doesn't seem like a lot, but when you are trying to read these really long cases, they're sometimes up to a page long for the MPLEX exam, you are using a lot of brain power and then you do about a case of like five to seven questions just depending on the day. And it takes a long time because you have to also fill out the Scantron bubbles too. So don't forget that takes quite a bit of your time too. Um, And then I would spend some time at the end of the exam going through to make sure that I actually like selected the right Scantrons compared to what I circled on my paper. And whatever is circled on your paper does not count. It's only what's on your Scantron. So they'll tell you all this going into the exam. And if you've written MPLEX 1, you know how it goes. But just so you are informed, make sure you know what you're like writing on the Scantron and make sure it matches up to what you wrote and selected. I would suggest if you are caught up on a question to just straight up circle it and skip it. Don't waste your time because there's just not enough time. I personally felt like for myself, I had enough time, but on the first day, it was a bit scary looking at how fast the time was passing. Like three and a half hours seems like a lot, but really it went by so quickly. So pace yourself well. And if you are stuck, just go back to that question later. Don't waste too much time because I know that there were people who were writing to the very last second and they really had to speed it up. So pace yourself well and know how much time you have per question. And if you're about like halfway through the exam, look at the time, see how much time you have left. Make sure you're at that halfway point around the halfway amount of time. And that's usually a good way to kind of see and gauge how you're doing during the exam. So as I was saying earlier, the way the exam is laid out is it is almost all cases. So there are really long cases and you're going to read them and it's going to then have about five to seven questions just depending on the case you're writing. Sometimes less, it's just dependent based on this case. And what I would say is don't get too caught up on the cases. The cases are very detailed and there's a lot of random things that you don't need to waste your time on. I'm going to be honest, I skipped through a lot of the cases by the end of the exam. What I would do is instead I would go through the questions first. I would look at maybe what the first line of the case was, go through the questions first, and then if I needed to reference the case because of the question, then I would go and read the case. But oftentimes I realized pretty quickly that you didn't even need to read the full case or much of the case to answer the question. So just be mindful of that. That's going to save you a lot of time because these cases are just so long and it just takes so much time to read and interpret every little detail. And they just put so much random distractors in there that you just don't need to waste your time on. So I would underline anything in the case that I felt was important if I needed to read the case. If not, then I would just go directly through the questions. And so that's something to really be mindful of during your time writing this exam. And then there was also a few standalone questions that were on this exam, usually surrounding emergency medicine. These ones definitely took a little less time to answer, which was nice, but you still definitely need to be careful in how you answer the questions. And the last part that I think I'm going to go through for this episode is how the exam is graded so that you know how you can study for the exam. I think this episode will just be too long if I spend too much time talking about the rest of the details. And so I'm going to make it into a part one and a part two, just to make it a little bit more digestible for you guys. And then I can make it a little bit easier to edit so I can get it out to you guys quicker. So this exam is split into sections just like part one was, but there are more sections this time and you have to pass each section in order to pass the entire exam. So you could pass four of the five sections and still fail the entire exam because you failed a section, unfortunately. 
And so here is how everything is sectioned off for the exam. So you could pass three of the four sections of the exam and still fail the exam because you failed one of the four parts. And that's the unfortunate part about this exam is it's based on these sections. And so the sections are divided into diagnoses, materia medica, modalities, and other interventions. There is no acupuncture, there's no TCM on the MPLEX-2 examination, but there is on the KONO-2 exam. So the diagnoses section includes diagnosing patients, lab tests, and imaging studies, as well as some research study information. There was like a couple research questions. Then the materia medica is botanical medicine and homeopathic medicine. Make sure you know these because this is a whole section. So I made sure to know my homeopathy really well because I did not feel good about my botanical medicine. And I am so thankful for that because I think it really got me through this exam. And then other modalities are things like nutrition and physical medicine, such as orthopedic tests and psychology and like assessing how you would treat a patient. And then the other interventions interventions includes emergency medicine and pharmacology. Again, know these super well. There are quite a bit of emergency medicine questions on this exam, so make sure you know your emergency med. And I am going to go through all of my tips and tricks in the next episode for you guys, so make sure to tune into that one. Okay, so I think this is enough for today's episode. Like I said, I'm going to do a part two where I answer your questions regarding how to study for the exam or how I studied for the exam and kind of just what to expect with the exam. So if you have any questions, make sure to send them to me via Instagram or you can send them to me via the email attached to this podcast. All that information is down below. So make sure to do that. And I will try to answer as many of them as possible and to try to give you guys the most comprehensive educational information that I can. And of course, if you like this podcast, I would really, really appreciate if you took the time to subscribe so that you know when new episodes are out, as well as to give a review. It really does help me out and helps people understand how helpful this podcast can be. And of course, make sure to share the episodes on social media. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope it was helpful and I will see you guys in the next episode.